All right. Welcome to another episode of Raw Dating Advice. Welcome, welcome. We've got a very exciting guest this time, Marnie the Wing Girl. Now, if you've been following my channel for a while, then you likely know who Marnie is. Or if you've been following Dating Advice on YouTube, then you definitely know because she's been making waves at least the last year or so, especially since the pandemic. And so uh, I was thinking about this today before the podcast, before we got on, um, Marnie is one of those, I think she's one of the first people I interviewed on this channel, like five, six years ago. And I think she's probably the only one who's consistently been on every year or every couple of years. So welcome back oh, to the wow. show. Marnie. I'm honored. That must mean you like me on some level. I don't know. Um, but that, that feels really good to hear. I I'm glad you said that because I actually did an interview last week where somebody, somebody referred to me as like the OG in the dating advice community. I was like, that just means old and I don't want to hear that. So <laughs> I like that you said consistently for five years. Yeah. And it was an honor yeah. to be on your, your podcast five years ago and every year since I enjoy talking to you. So I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously we have a lot of uh, good stuff to be talking about. And one of the things I think is especially relevant to these days is like so many guys, at least that I talk to, they use the COVID pandemic as like a reason why they can't be taking action in their dating life or why they kind of put things on hold. And then some other guys are like, oh, you know, I've just never had success. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about giving up and I'm like, bro, like, this is your life. You're just going to give up on your one no. entire aspect of it. Um, and so know. I think that's why it's valuable to bring on someone like you who has an alternative perspective to someone like me in the dating space, just because you are a woman who obviously has been coaching guys for way longer than I've even known you. So, um, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. So to speak to the point that you mentioned in, first about it being difficult during COVID. So, I, I know many people who are dating right now, actively dating. I know that all of the dating apps and all of the online dating sites went up 3% in terms of registrations for people going into those spaces to try and date. So there are people who are actively looking to date. Maybe they're also a little bit bored because they were locked in their house for a very long time. But each of, each of those individuals are at least on there looking for potential options, which means that people are open and ready. They may not want to be dating the same way that they were before, meaning they'll be a little bit more cautious. They'll take a little bit longer to get to know somebody, which could be a benefit for some people. Um, but people are definitely open to interacting, socializing, dating, hooking up, whatever it is, that is still 100% happening. So anybody who's using COVID as an excuse is... I mean, they're using the wrong excuse because it there, there's no merit to the excuse. And I will say that I have had countless friends of mine who have met boyfriends during COVID and especially uh, more specifically my sister who a month and a half in, so this is like deep into quarantine, a month and a half in is when she met her now live-in boyfriend who she just bought a condo with in Toronto. So it is definitely possible to meet somebody, especially now because for so many areas, everything's opening back up. People are interacting in Los Angeles. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask outside so people can see each other's faces once again. So there, there, are, there are a lot of new things happening now. And anybody who is continuously using the excuse of COVID uh, to not date and get themselves out there is is just using the wrong excuse. Is it, 
they're wasting their time. This is actually a great time to start dating and capitalizing on the fact that people are, are open and ready to date. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, I guess what the way I see it is like, if, if so many guys are afraid to approach, for example, because of COVID, what I think is like, oh, what a massive blue ocean for me to approach because nobody else is willing to do it. And I would be willing to bet that most women who are single are probably feeling lonely just as just like some of a lot of the guys oh are gosh, too. So, of course. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, that's that's totally like a, a totally a different angle than I was even thinking about. But yes, if you are living alone right now, maybe not right now because people can go out and interact and socialize or they found ways to get over their hermit status for COVID. But especially in the very beginning, people are eager to interact. They were like chomping at the bits. It was like, um, what was it called? Cuffing season, you know, when winter starts, like times 10 because you were locked inside of your house. So, so you're absolutely right. People are eager and open to socialize. And I like what you were talking about before when you said the way that you actually view like your point of view on the lockdown, you saw it as an opportunity, whereas other people see it as an excuse or a reason to lock themselves up and stop dating forever. You're very lucky that you have that mindset. And I know that you teach this to people and I just teach this to people about how to get a mindset that's more like yours so that they can reframe their situations, change their beliefs and their outlooks so that they too can see it as endless possibilities instead of a closed door. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really helped me see it from that angle is like, I recently got into like crypto investing within the last year. And oh no, did you see it plummeting? <laughs> exactly. But like, that's like one of the things is like, if you know, like the strategy and you're in it for the long term, you see this as an opportunity to buy low, you know? Um, right. And so that's like why I think I, I was able to draw the parallel kind of from that same mentality. And so this is like buying the dip in crypto, essentially. It, it's totally true. It's 100% true because people are at their lowest right now. So you may as well capitalize on it. Yeah. And, and I guess, uh, you know, moving on to like the actual thing that we wanted to talk about, which was conversations. What better time to work on your ability to converse with women? Because, you know, let's say hypothetically you met someone online or maybe you met a girl in person and it was like a brief interaction. You were kind of iffy about the COVID, but like, when you're, when you're talking to a girl on phone or on zoom, you know, this is where your conversational skills can either shine or completely like blow you out of the water. So yeah. you mind kind of, if we go into that a little bit. I'd love to, I love conversation. Although my brain's a little foggy today. So just bear with me, but yes, I love talking about conversation. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see where the conversation. I know goes. exactly. But see, that's a tactic as well. That's where you have a an admission that you share with somebody instead of keeping it in and hiding it for yourself so that you can actually form a deeper connection. So that was my admission to you that I feel like opened up the conversation a bit more so I don't have to cover up the fact that my brain is completely foggy and that my conversation may not be on point like usual. Yeah. No, I think that's a great thing that you pointed out too is because like so many people try to hide their internal state or like the elephant in the room, right? right? Like for example, if, if everybody's wearing face masks and it's super awkward to approach, wouldn't it be valuable to say like, I know this is like super awkward to approach, you know, like what if I have COVID? But honestly, I, I thought what a great opportunity to come over here and say hi, because, you know, who Love knows that. if I'll ever see you again, like something like that, calling out that I'll ever see your eyes again. Yeah, that, I, I love that. I think that's really 
it's just so sincere and honest. And I think that that's a big thing that came out of 2020 was authenticity and honesty. And I think that women especially value that. Listen, they value many other things as well. You can't just be an honest guy who admits uh, who admits things about himself or is, admits his insecurities. But that's that's something for sure that stands out for most men. Women are used to being played. They're used to being lied to. They're used to being led on. So any any bit of a damaging admission that a man can make if the woman is attracted to him um, and honesty and, and being uh, forthright with information that they share is going to be valued by women. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I guess, you know, based on that, you know, there's a fine line between like, connecting and revealing everything that you're feeling about a girl versus kind of being a little bit of a challenge and creating a lot of that flirty banter, right? Because you you like to talk a lot about like the F formula and flirting. And so what is like a general, like, where does that fine line come in? Like, how soon should a guy be really connecting with a girl versus like keeping it flirty and surface level? I, I always say that you want to go like 30% banter and fun, 30% connection, and 30, actually there's 40% extra, 40% extra where you're having like exchanging of information so that you're just getting to know each other. And then you're using the connection or sorry, you're using that, that 40% of exchanging information to build the connection and also to build the banter from, because that's, that's where you get that information from. If you're just doing like riff, 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 that gets boring and dull to her and to you. And it becomes exhausting for everybody. So you have to have that balance of banter, connection, exchanging of information. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, so what are some of those ways that a, a guy can create some of that flirty energy? Cause you know, this is like, when I think back to my own journey and, and just trying to be better with women, one of the things that I originally struggled with was like, if I knew I liked a girl and I had a crush on her and I found her attractive, I didn't know what flirting was, even though I knew the word flirting. And so like, right. what is it that really creates that energy? Oh, that's a good question. What is it that creates that energy? Um, it, that's a hard question to answer. It is the way that you represent the information. So it's your body language, it's your tonality, it's your um, your facial gestures. It is the way that you're touching. That's like 80% of flirting is, is all coming from within your body without a single word being said. The other 20% are from the words that are being said that are things like misinterpreting what she's saying to use it as something flirty, using sexual innuendo, uh, making statements like, hey, stop flirting with me. Like, I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. Th those are words that you can, you can spit out in conversation, um, but they have to be coupled with strong body language, touching a little bit uh, with your eyes and your eye contact. If you're if you're making a flirty remark to a girl, or you're you're saying something that uh, is is trying to be misinterpreting what she's saying as something flirty, but your body language is closed off while you're delivering it, and you're not making eye contact, it's not going to come across the same way, and it won't create that energy and that spark between you. So it's a combination of the full package from this side of you plus the 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 words that you're saying out of your mouth. Is that a good answer? Yeah. I'm trying to think like, is that actually answering what you're trying to get, what you're trying to ask? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense is like, what I really liked about what you said is like, it, it, a lot of it is nonverbal. And I think too many guys get hung up on like the words. And a lot of times the words, 
you know, just thinking back to my own interactions, like a lot of times that flirty energy can come from my eye contact alone. Just holding that strong and dominant eye contact can create a little bit of that energy because so many guys don't hold strong, dominant eye contact. And so I think, I think one takeaway for me is like just doing things that make you stand out above all the other guys that could have uh, approached her, um, who probably don't hold good eye contact, who aren't, are too afraid to touch her. And then another thing I wanted to add on is like, so many guys are too uh, agreeable. And so like one of the easiest way, at least that I found to create that energy is just like disagreeing with her. You know, so many guys are, they like, Oh, I I want to build a connection with her. So they just agree with her all the time. And I think what can create a lot of that banter is the moment you disagree with her. Now we have something interesting to talk about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. And it sparks a challenge. Somebody said something to me the other day that was really interesting. They were talking about this other person on YouTube who was saying women don't want like a little kitty cat um, that's crouched in the corner that they poke and the the cat goes, meow. Like they don't want to like play with something that's a little bit timid and maybe doesn't really want to play back. What they're actually looking for is they want to poke a tiger. They want to see if that tiger like gnarls back at them, jumps on them, plays with them, does something kind of playful. That That's what ex- excites us. That's what we want to see when we're interacting with a man. So if a guy that we're talking to does disagree with us and like kind of pokes us in the arm at the same time, telling us that we're silly or that uh, making fun of where we went to school because of the comment that we just made, like that's something that can energize us and provide a challenge for us rather than Mm. what most of us are used to. I mean, there's gorgeous women out there who are very used to men consistently agreeing with everything that they say. And that becomes boring and dull and lifeless. And there's no feeling in your stomach that comes from that. So as soon as you do hear somebody disagreeing with you in a playful way, not like in an asshole way, but just, but in a playful way, right away, it sparks something inside of you that makes you want to either be correct, win, understand why this person isn't agreeing with you. And that's where that energy and spark for flirting comes from. Mm. When you, when you made that analogy, uh, I think it really connected a dot for me, um, which was like, you know, if a girl like tests a guy or makes fun of a guy, is that almost the same as like you poking him to see if he's a wow, lion or like, if he's hey, a let's kitty see cat? What you got. Let's see what you got. It's interesting though, because when I did, I did read that comment um, from somebody, I was, I, I, I always try to think about like all women. Cause I know that that's what I like. I've interviewed about, you know, 7,000 women by now. And, mm-hmm. but I also handpick those people that I interview who all are also open to being interviewed. So most likely they're also extroverts or at least people who are outgoing on some level. So I do always try to think about like the shy, shy girls or the timid girls. Do they want that same thing? Are they attracted to the same thing? And I don't actually know that answer. Um, I know that my sister is quite opposite to me and I do know that for her to feel attraction, she does, she does need more of that energy to pull her out of that shell. But I wouldn't say that she wants to poke the tiger and have it lunge back at her. She'd probably want to poke the tiger and have the tiger confidently come up to her and like lick her face or something. Like it's, it's just, we don't want that timidness. So there's different variations of what us women are going to respond to based on 
our own personalities, which it's best for guys to actually read the women that they're interacting with um, to figure out how strong their bite needs to be with those women when they're flirting. Um, but I would say that all, all women want to feel something when they're interacting with a man. And what they don't want to feel is that they're the ones who are put into the masculine role, that they're the leaders, that they're the ones who have to carry the conversation, um, that they're the ones who are stronger. That's a complete turnoff and instantly puts a guy into a space where we, it, we don't even see him as a, a friend. You can call it the friend zone, but we just see him as a, not a sexual option and not somebody that we want to interact with for much longer. Mm. I commonly refer to that as like being a dickless Ken doll. You're like a dude, but you yeah. might as well have nothing down there because it's not going to happen. Right. right. Nothing's going to, exactly. Nothing's going to happen. What are some of the things that a guy does that conveys that timidness? <sighs> exactly what you were saying before, being completely agreeable, um, having absolutely no boundaries, meaning that you can treat him horribly and he's going to continue running back to you. Very similar to a, a puppy dog, right? You can shove it away. You can be mean to it. You can step on its tail, but that dog is always going to keep running back to you, which is very nice when it when it's a dog. But when it's a human being, it becomes quite annoying and a huge turnoff. For, for everybody, I would say, not just for women, but for everybody. So um, not having boundaries, uh, allowing somebody to treat you with little to no respect, and you still come back being very respectful and nice and gracious and giving. Um, yeah, those are probably the main things. Mm. So that concept of boundaries really... Um intrigues me because I feel like a lot of times it doesn't get talked about enough in, in uh, you know, dating advice and where, where your example really, it reminded me of a conversation I had with a guy who was considering some coaching the other day. And he, one of the things he said was like, oh, I'm thinking about, you know, just like focusing on other things other than dating. Cause it seems like every girl I meet, every girl I date, they just, they just want to play games and they, they want to treat me, they want to treat me bad. And in my opinion, I'm like, well, to some degree, if every girl's doing that to you, then it's probably not the girls. It's probably you. you. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like, what are some of those boundaries? Like, how does a guy have boundaries and what are some of those boundaries that he should be setting for himself? And how does he actually like enforce them? Well, it's funny because with, with my son, who was seven years old, um, we had a conversation yesterday because his four-year-old brother keeps saying to him over and over again, you've got a girlfriend, you've got a girlfriend. And what happens when he set, makes this statement is that my older son either punches my younger son or screams at my younger son. But basically he gets riled up, right? He gets riled up emotionally. He gets upset. He gets, he feels hurt. Um, and when we were on our walk yesterday, I talked to him and I said, listen, if you want people to stop treating you a certain way, you're the one who has to have self-control and state your boundaries, telling them how you want to be treated and how they can continue hanging out with you um, if they treat you a certain way. So for example, for my son, I told him to say to my other son, I really don't like when you say that. I said, if, that, if you're going to continue talking to me that way, I'm not going to be able to play with you. And so we tried it out this morning and my son, of course, said, as he does every single morning, you know, is that a girlfriend? Blah, 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 blah. And, my, and I said, and I looked at my son and I said, what did we learn? What did we learn to say? And he looked at my other son and said, I really don't like you talking to me that way. And if you're going to talk to me like that, I'm going to have to leave the room. And my younger son said, oh, okay. 
and stopped instantly. That's a boundary that you set, right? You can't expect somebody to know what your boundaries are. Um, and you can't expect somebody to police themselves because they're doing something that they enjoy. They see that it gets a, a bit of a rise out of you, kind of like poking that bear because it's kind of fun to do. It's kind of fun to poke the bear or poke the tiger. And so when it comes to men dealing with women, they have to set their own boundaries in place and decide what they're going to allow a woman to do and what they're not going to allow a woman to do. And so many men have had several experiences like this guy that you were talking to where I'm sure the same thing happens to him over and over and over again. So he can go back through his history of experiences with those women and go through and say, when a woman does X, this is what I'm going to say, or this is my rule, or this is my boundary that's in place. When I, I do not allow women to, to flake on me at the last minute. I do not allow women to take three days to get back to me. And you don't have to be a dick like what my older son was doing when he was punching him, the, my younger son in the face or screaming at him. He can just clearly say like, listen, I, I really enjoy talking to you, getting to know you, but I'm, I'm looking for a relationship right now. I really want to get to know somebody and not have somebody write back to me five days later. Is that, is that what you're looking for? That's a boundary that you can place, right? And so then she can say, oh yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not seeing that in you. Or she can just totally ignore his response, which basically says the exact same thing. And then he knows, and then he can move on. So that there, there are no more games to be played. The games happen when you continue feeding in to this kind of rude, disrespectful, um, subtle communication that women are putting out to you. And you don't state your boundaries, state your claim, state who you are and state what, you're, what you want. That's when games happen, when there isn't really honest and clear communication. And so the sooner that you can put a boundary in place, again, not doing it like a dick, but just holding respect for yourself and having clear communication with her about your wants, the sooner you can decide whether or not you guys are good with each other so the games don't have to be continue, continue to be played. Yeah. One of the things that I, th I thought, you know, that would really help based on uh, everything that you were saying is like, even even if you don't directly state, this is my boundary, abide by it or not. It's just like so many guys are afraid to say no or just move on. Um, and I think that's, it all comes down to one thing. So many guys are in scarcity of just like options. And I think it's has to do a lot with like the mentality going in. So many guys like they, they'll, they'll watch like Hitch or like all these Hollywood movies that talk about your soulmate. You got to find the perfect one for you. And she's out there somewhere. You just got to keep the faith and you're intentionally like putting all your chips in one basket. But yes. what if she's not ready for a relationship and you are, what if she wants a relationship and you don't, or what if she's someone who doesn't, you know, respect your boundaries and then you're like, just like, but, but we're soulmates. And so like you, you, you persist and stay in there, but all this would be alleviated if you were just a guy who were who was able to go out and create options for yourself and be able to, for lack of a better term, play the field. So that way, when one girl falls off or starts disrespecting you, it doesn't throw you off, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's what happens to a lot of guys. They get so caught up in the fact that they got they have one fish on the hook or they think they have a fish on the hook that they forget. They can just like, you know, throw this little fish off and, and, and put their line back in and see what else is out there. And so they feel like they have to make this situation work. They don't want to start over again because they finally got somebody. So I like what you said about the abundance mentality. And it's, diff it's difficult to get if you haven't had it before and you continuously 
end up in this same pattern for yourself where you find a girl, you meet her, she treats you horribly, you stick around for a while, she continues to treat you horribly. And it stretches out over like a couple of months where you're kind of interacting with her every couple of weeks to try to get a little bit of something back. So I think for those guys who are seeing this pattern happen to them repeatedly, the biggest lesson I can give to them is to figure out what boundary you want to set, state the boundary, and then deal with whatever outcome comes from that boundary so that you can move on. And that first step in breaking that pattern will have a domino effect so that you can have women cycling through more often. You can feel like there's more abundance for you, feel more confidence, and then more women will come. I feel like that's the the, the first domino that needs to go down, or I'm not even sure if that's like the, or a good metaphor for this, but like it's the first piece of the puzzle that makes it all the rest of it come together is dating a clear boundary that says to the woman, I have self-respect. I know what it is that I want. Are you on board? You're not on board. If you're not, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find something else. Yeah. I think, um, one of the things that helps me break the pattern, cause you know, I say this as if I've never dealt with it, but I'll be honest, like I'm speaking to the, to the version of me, uh, who was 21 and was a virgin and was getting friends on by every girl I had a crush on. Um, so like I can relate to this. And one of the things that really helped me break that pattern was just saying no to someone that I liked, you know, yes. like the moment I was able to reject a girl that I usually would have stuck around for, despite all the given factors is the moment I conveyed to myself, like, I deserve better than this, or I, I want better than this. And there's, there's plenty of opportunity out there. And I know it's like hard to feel that if you've never felt that, but just, just rejecting someone gives you power. It's like me as a coach, I don't want to take on every, every person who wants dating advice as a private client, because not every person would be good for me to work with. Uh, and I'll be honest, one of the things that I, have a standard as for myself as a, as a coach is like, if a guy comes to me for coaching and he's like, the only result I want is Becky from the office who won't even look at me anymore. And I text her all the time. And she never texts me back. And I just want Becky. And I'm just like, I don't want to work with you because you probably aren't going to get Becky. Um, right. And so like I have standards and hey, so you're going to be disappointed. Exactly. And then yeah. I can't achieve something. You can't achieve something. I hear you. That's a really good way of looking at it and drawing the same correlation because um, I, I, I will say that I still have moments of insecurity where I go into, Hey, why aren't they texting me back? Or what, why are they not responding to me? I'm so wonderful. I'm so <laughs> like, wh why? And then, uh, but I know how I used to be in the past. Cause I, I struggle with the same insecurities that many of my clients struggled with that still, you know, pop their head up every once in a while. Just because you're, you've worked on your confidence doesn't mean that you're consistently confident. New challenges come your way. So I, I, I still have it where I'll write to somebody, even somebody from my past, and I expect that they'll be like, oh, this is so great to hear you. And I don't hear from them. It is like a, a stab in the heart. And I will think about it a little bit. But the difference between me now and me probably 15 years ago was that I, I would let, have let that eat away at me. I would have put all of my focus on focus onto it. And I'd either continue to bother that person like every couple of weeks to try and see if I can get them to engage, which is what many guys do. Or what I would have done is I would have closed myself off completely because I would have started taking in this belief that I suck. 
I wouldn't focus on all of the other positive things going on in my life that people want to hang out with me. People want to play with me. People want to do whatever. I would just, I would fixate on the fact that this one person who I haven't talked to in a very long time, probably because they weren't such great friends, is refusing to acknowledge my existence, right? Um, so it, it, it can still happen later on in the future, but it's about how you deal with it and how much you let it affect you and affect the world around you and define you by that one situation that somebody else as you see it, has con- has control over. And so many guys get into this same loop. And I would say on a daily basis, I probably have about 15 people writing to me with similar situations with a woman that they've been tapping on the shoulder, so to speak, for about two to three months, trying to get her to change her mind and turn around when the person's mind and the person's opinion you have to change around is your own, where you sit and you think, do I like this girl? Is she really that cool? Is she respecting me? Do I respect her? What do I enjoy about her anymore? And how much do I respect myself so that I don't have to be wasting my time tapping this person on the shoulder who will not acknowledge my existence? And as soon as you answer those questions and you can answer them confidently and you can say, I don't need this person anymore, setting that boundary in place, that's when you can move forward and start focusing on other people. Mm. I almost like relate this. Is this the same as like when a girl says, oh, this is a deal breaker. Is a boundary basically a deal breaker? Is it the same thing? No, I I would say those are very uh, different things. Like there are things that will be a deal breaker. And I, I guess it, it like relates to boundaries. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they're the exact same thing. So, okay. So I, here's how I would think of it. A deal breaker for me, which probably is not a real deal breaker because it can change. Let's say it would be somebody that smokes, not into somebody that smokes, right? That's a deal breaker for me. Um, again, can be adjusted once I get to know the person, but if somebody were to come to me saying, do you want me to introduce you to somebody, blah, blah, blah. He also happens to smoke. I'd probably say, no, that's not my thing. The a boundary would be it, where I would say to myself, okay, in the past, I've had people who have flaked on me three times in a row and I continue to try to make plans with them. The boundary I'm going to put in place is that if I initiate plans with somebody and they flake on me once is okay, but twice in a row, that boundary is I'm not going to hang out with them anymore, or I'm not going to initiate contact with them anymore. And now they have to come to me to ask for plans. The band, it's like, it's as far as I'll go. That's as far as I will, will go. Um, and now it's up to somebody else to, to make their efforts. Mm. That's that kind of reminds me of like a, a thing that I used to do when I was like, dating around a lot. I have a girlfriend now, so it's, it's a little bit of a different situation, but one of the boundaries that I had for myself was like, if, if, a if a girl and I related, even if there was a le- underlying level of attraction there, if we hadn't kissed or like gotten physical at all, and I'd hung out with this girl three plus times, um, I just kind of move on because for me, that is an important part, at least for me, it's one of my boundaries, not saying it's right for everybody. Yeah. That's as far girl- as you'll go. Yeah. We were just like, this is not for me. What about, did you ever talk to these girls about this or you just cut it off? Um, I would, I would, I would make, make it easy for it to happen. So like inviting her to up to my place or wanting to hang out. If I felt like 
after three times of hanging out with this girl, it's just like staying the exact same and yeah. there's no physicality. There's no physical chemistry. Yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If, if your intention is to have some kind of intimate relationship, totally. I agree with that. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's ironic because like my girlfriend, um, who I have today was the exact opposite. Like I met her at a nightclub in Scottsdale, Arizona. And five minutes after I met her, we were walking back to my apartment. Now, whether that's the the best way to do it, that's, that's neither here but nor there, but what's up? But it's a way. That's how you yeah. guys met. And that's how you guys connected. There was obviously that instant chemistry there. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. But I think, I think for me, the reason why I, I like that boundary is just because like, once that's out of the way, now we can actually relate as people and see if we actually get along, you know? Yeah, yeah um, I totally completely agree with you. I just, I just think that so many people it's uh, okay. So let's say you're going to be a lawyer, right? There are so many steps to being a lawyer, but those, there aren't steps for dating. There aren't steps for relationships. There aren't steps for uh, any type of personal human connection, right? So you have to lay out those steps that work for you, that are best for you. And they can, they can alter, they can change depending on what space and place that you're in. But I think so many people cast this wide net when it comes to dating, or they just go out and say, okay, who will take me instead of actually sitting back and thinking, okay, who do I want? Who do I want to hang out with? Who do I want to be? Who do I want her to be? What experiences do I want? And I, I know it's difficult to do to like sit in a room and really think about these things, but you could also just do this with a friend of yours where you guys have a conversation. Like, let's have a conversation about what we think our boundaries should be. Mm. Let's have a conversation about what rules we want for, for girls that are in our lives. Let's have a conversation about, you know, what I'm really looking for in a relationship. This is the thing that girls get to do all the time, right? We get to ex express our feelings and talk about our wants and our, and our needs. Um, and sadly, so many, I mean, people in general don't do this, but, but men specifically don't get as many opportunities to really talk about the things that they want because, um, there isn't a space and place for it with a lot of male friendships. There should be, and there can be other guys would be very open to it. And I find that, um, if a lot of guys do express these things to females that are in their life. I think a lot of the time they can get shut down or they can get boxed into a certain area and they're, they're afraid of that. So they shy away from it and they don't get to express themselves, meaning they don't really get to figure out what their wants are. So mm -hmm. I think every single person should take the time to think, think about who they are, what they want and how they, they want to be with women in a relationship and potentially not in a relationship, just casually. Hmm. One of the, I heard an analogy. Do you know who Matthew Hussey is by chance? Yeah. Um, I heard, and this is advice that he was giving to women because he's a female, uh, uh, yeah. dating coach from females. Um, but it was like, you don't want to be the train who's like waiting. And it's like, I'm here whenever you're ready to hop on my train, I'll be here waiting for you. You want to be the train who's leaving the station. And so mm -hmm. it's like, hop on my ride and get on. And if so, we can have a good time. But if not, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Yeah, we move on. There's lots of cargo in here that needs to get to where it needs to go. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I also feel like is not talked about so much, just because like, you know, as dating coaches, we talk so often about like the meeting and creating that spark, that, that chemistry initially right off the bat. But it's like, if a guy wants a relationship or a guy wants to continue hanging out with a girl, 
what is the proper way for him to show his romantic intentions with a girl um, without like falling back into a lot of the mistakes, like confessing his feelings for her so early. Like, I love you, babe. I'm here for you. What's the proper way to do this? It depends on how old you are, but I, I would say for, for most often the basic rules to follow are to reveal a tiny bit of information every single time that you go out with a woman. So for example, mm. if you're on your second date and you look at a woman and you say, you're, you're funny. I like that about you. Like little things like that, that are, are kind of saying, I'm enjoying you. I like you. I'm into you. And this is, this is something I'm giving to you saying that I noticed this about you and you can gradually increase as you continue dating. So on my third date with my husband, I remember we were like making out on his couch and I looked at him and I said, I'm really enjoying my time with you. I like you. You're interesting. And that was like a, a, a little statement about where I'm at. I wasn't saying I'm in love with you. I want to have babies with you. I was saying that right now I'm enjoying what we're doing and I'm enjoying the fact that it's with you. And I continued to do that. And then he also continued to do that every single time that we were out with one another, where I remember on like our fifth date, we were bowling and he, he like took my hand to walk me to go play pool. And, um, what did he say to me? I totally forget, but it was something like very simple. And he, he, he just said like, there aren't many girls that I could do this with. So it's pretty refreshing to be here with you. Right. So that's, again, it's not like, I love you. I want to have your children. It's, I like you. You're, you're intriguing me. I want to know more. Mm. So it's like, you're slowly winning each other over. Yeah. You're, 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 you are, you're still saying like, I have options. I know there's other people out there who want me. And I know there's other people who I could want, but right now you have my focus. I don't know how long it's going to be there for, but right now you have my focus. I mean, and as you get to know each other more and you commit to each other more, you can reveal more. And, it, mm. you know, you and your girlfriend were with each other the first night that you were together. I don't know how quickly you were also announcing how you felt about each other afterwards, because after that you were getting to know each other. Um, but think about what you would want being said to you so that you feel secure continuing to hang out with that person. One thing I really liked about my husband um, when we started dating, he would always respond to my texts. And it, it wasn't like a, a, a frazzled way and an insecure way of responding to my texts, like on time within an hour. It was just a, I'm confident. I like you, so I'm going to give you my attention. We're not going to get into like a three-hour texting conversation. Um, he would just always he would he would be responsive. He would do what he said he was going to do. He would call when he said he was going to call. He spaced out when he asked me out. Like I remember our our first date, he actually called me and um, asked me to go to the farmers market with him, I wasn't able to go, but I said, um, do you watch Entourage? I didn't have HBO at the time. It's like a long time ago when it wasn't so accessible to everybody. And he said, yes. And I said, well, do you, like, do you want to watch it with me tonight? It's on tonight. And he said, yes. So I came over there and we ended up watching a show. And then I think I heard from him the next day. And then I didn't hear from him till probably four days later. And it, it didn't feel 
I didn't feel nervous about not hearing from him and he didn't feel nervous about not hearing from me. He spaced it out really nicely. And then I think on that Thursday or Friday, he initiated again. Say like, you know, what are you up to this weekend? I'd, I'd love to now have that second chance to take you to the farmer's market. So then we did, oh no, actually, I'm going to take that back. He had made the plans for the following week on our first date. He said, I'm really busy this week, but I'd love if we could do um, the farmer's market the, on Sunday. Are you available? And I, I had said yes. And then we, we didn't really talk to each other during the week. We spaced it out. So there, there was always just a, the, this uh, comfort level and confidence level within him to be clear and honest about what he wanted without it feeling like he was putting his sole focus onto me and investing so much in, in me. He still had his life and he was doing other things, but he wanted to test out including me in it. Mm. And There's I like that. A couple of things I really like about what you said there um, that I noticed about just like how you guys interacted with each other over the course of time. Um, yeah. The first one was when you guys would text each other, it's it's not like you would play the game of like, oh, she took 30 minutes to respond, so I'm going to take an hour to respond. Um, right. It was like if, if you if if I want to text you back right now, I'm going to text you back right now. And I think that's like been one of the the shifts that I, I've made as I got more confident in myself as a man in my own journey was like, if I want to text a girl back, I'm going to, I'll text her back right away. <laughs> like, because at the end of the day, I'm confident in my value that I bring to the table, uh, regardless of how long it takes me to text back. Uh, and then the other thing was when you guys hung out, even if it went well, um, he didn't, feel the need to hit you up every day. Like, how was your day? What are you doing today? What are you thinking about? I think the fact that he gave you that space in between the times you hung out to really think about him rather than hitting you up every day, like some guys tend to do, um, it, I feel like that could have contributed to keeping that chemistry alive for the next time that you guys saw each other. For sure. And, and the, the thing is, is that there was chemistry there. So, and it was being felt from both sides. Therefore, it was kept alive. It's not like that's a tactic to keeping it alive. But I will say that if you go the other route to constantly like interacting with somebody just to interact with them, like saying, hey, how are like without purpose, if you're contacting them, then that can kill what chemistry there is there. If there isn't, if, if there's little or even if there, there's a lot of chemistry, it can, it can kill it. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, I think Bobby Rio, who is a colleague of both of ours, he I, I've heard him refer to it as emotional quicksand. I think that's like the yin and yang of this is this is how it could go bad is if you're so caught up on one person, you constantly think about them. But the tricky part is the more you think about them, the further into that quicksand you sink. Well, I think here it's like you can use that concept to your advantage. If there's chemistry alive, let them think about you while and conversely, if you're thinking about her, don't fall into the trap of like overthinking about her and painting all these mental movies of you guys riding off into the sunset. But if you never give it that space to grow, um, more than anything, you could kill that chemistry um, by needily. Yeah. Difficult to do when you do get really into somebody and you're excited about them, especially if you've been dating a lot of people where you're like, oh, this is no good. And then there is this gem that comes along and you're excited about them. It, it is hard to sort of calm yourself, but the, be the best way to calm yourself is by distracting yourself so that if you do feel like 
texting her, text your friend instead, text your dating coach instead, text somebody else other than her so that you're not putting that nervous, anxious energy onto her just to ensure that she still likes you by responding. Mm. Um, And also it seemed like when you and your husband were dating, he was doing a really good job of taking the lead and and guiding this interaction. And um, would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And to to this day, that's exactly who he is. He is a leader. It's hard because I'm also a leader. So it does become uh, challenging for both of us. But I do like the fact that he continues to attempt to lead with me. And Mm. it makes me feel feminine and little and light, which is something I don't feel on a daily basis. I feel most often quite... I don't like saying masculine or feminine, but like I, I feel much more um, aggressive or stronger than most of the people that I interact with. And mm. that, and that is really nice and refreshing to be able to be around a man that can have me feel feminine on a, on a daily basis. There's a lot of other things that happen in our household because we have two children now. So there's lots of times where I am taking on that leadership and, I guess, more masculine role. Um, but when it comes to just the two of us interacting, he's always able to make me feel feminine, which is nice. Mm. Do you guys ever feel like, do you feel like you guys ever butt heads because both of you guys have such strong personalities? Of course. Yes. All the time. How do you, uh, navigate those waters? Um, it's very difficult. I'm, I'm quite stubborn. He's quite stubborn. I'm, I'm quick to react. He's quick to react. Um, so the, the biggest thing that we've realized now is that it's okay to respond and react and snap at each other as long as we come back afterwards and we acknowledge what's happened and then calmly and clearly talk about what it is that we were trying to express. So that's been our solution because in the very beginning when we would butt heads and, um, clash quite often, it would lead to bigger arguments and bigger discussions. And then it would, you know, spiral into more negative things, which is what happens when, when you're younger and you don't have tools for communication yet. Um, and that wasn't serving either of us. We both really liked each other, but we would get into these like multiple day, like, they're not really fights, but they were arguments where we would just feel very disconnected for, from each other and unheard. Um, so we started learning more about how to, breathe and relax and then think about what it is that we're really upset about and what we're really trying to say and then come back together and express those things to one another. And that's been very helpful. Mm. Uh, another thing I noticed about you kind of just sharing your interactions with your, your husband was like, um, the variety of the different activities that you guys did farmer's market, bowling, playing pool, uh, making out on the couch, watching entourage. And I think this is like, it's relevant to me because a lot of the things that I hear from guys as well is like, Oh, I don't have enough money to be dating. Cause you gotta be romancing these girls. You gotta be taking them out to places. And, um, I always feel like it's not, it's not correlated with like how much money you spend on a date. So as a woman, what are some of the things that you value in, in a first date or a second date? What are the things that you look for or don't even care about? I used to always say I could sit on the side of a road with somebody if I was really enjoying them. It didn't matter about the venue, but I know for a lot of women it does. Um, so if you're asking me specifically what I, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a connection. 
and chemistry and to feel that spark. So I'm looking for somebody who is witty, who's fun, who can keep me on my toes and who can challenge me. And that I, I can also feel that I'm doing that back to the person. It's not about me just sitting there like as a little girl thing, challenge me and make me laugh. I also want to make that person laugh and not feel like it's so easy to make them laugh. Um, like one of the best things in the world is when I do make my husband really laugh. Like I feel so, I've always felt so good when I can get him to like really, really laugh. I know that I always entertained him, but when I can get him to think like, oh, that was funny. That's like, that's a win for me. Um, so those things are, are really important. For other women, I think at the core, those things are important as well, but there is an aesthetic that needs to be around what they're doing. So some women do need to go out on a dinner date, maybe not an expensive dinner date, but they need to go on a dinner date. Some women do need to go for drinks. Some people, um, some women want to be wooed a little bit. You have to figure out who who the women are that you're interacting with and who, who it is that you are and what you're capable of providing on a date. But most women are... Uh, interested in having experiences in dating. So if there is something unique or interesting that you can do, even if you if you were to say to some women, let's go uh, for a walk in downtown Los Angeles and we can go see all of the uh, different art galleries that are there or all the different historic old movie theater, like something that you, that you list that has a purpose and a reason behind it, most women will be on board with doing that stuff. And if they're not, and you really are, I think that also shows you about how compatible you would be later on. But if you're like, you know, like a, a, a wheeling and dealing guy, I just found, sounded like a 90 year old, but like, if you're somebody who wants to spend money, you like lavish things and you want to bring a woman on board with that. And like, she likes it too. Go do it. If you're like, yeah, I want to rent like, um, a, like a Lamborghini and I want to go down on PCH and go to Malibu for the day and, and have a picnic. We'll go pick up food here. Are you on board? Do you want to join me? Or I really want to go horseback riding. It just depends on who you are and what your likes are and what you're capable uh, capable of doing. But you, mm. if you are that guy who doesn't have a lot of money, then you don't need to be, you don't need to step up and be that guy in order to date. Like you don't have to wait until you do have money to be able to date. Mm. I think uh- you know, when I think about it, like from those terms, you know, renting a Lamborghini, going down to Malibu, it reminded me of like, um, uh, one of my best friends, his sister got taken, this is years ago, but she, this guy met her because she was a waitress at a restaurant and he asked her on a date and then he took her on a helicopter ride and they went to some fancy dinner. And for her, this is like, so outside of her realm of reality that it's like, yeah, it's a memorable date. But at the end of the day, she's not dating that guy anymore. I don't even think they went on a second date. So it's almost tragic to think like if that guy, if that's not his everyday lifestyle and he shelled out all that money for that, just to not relate with this girl, what does that say about his commitment level to her when he doesn't even know her yet? Yeah, you know? I totally agree with you. But the thing is, is that if that is his lifestyle and what he does like on a Tuesday and she wasn't on board with that because it made her uncomfortable or just felt really foreign, then that, I mean, that's something that shows you right away. I might be attracted to you, but we may not connect on multiple other levels. So that, I mean, that's what dating is for. You're dating to see if your attraction can lead to something more. Mm. How do you feel about, how do you feel about like fancy dinner dates right away? Like first or second date? I mean, I don't like them. Um, I don't, I like experiences. That's what I'm more into. If there was like an experiential dinner date, like we went to like 
a 10 course meal because we had talked about being foodies and maybe we've known each other for a long time and then going on this first date. Yeah, I'd be totally into that. I would, I would absolutely love it. Even if I were to just meet somebody random who happened to be really, really wealthy. And he's like, I happen to have these reservations at this amazing restaurant. I'm like, lo- I'm loving the conversation that we're having now. You want to join me? I feel like you would like that. And I, then, yeah, I'd be totally into it. But um, in general, do I love that? If I were to be going on dates, three times a week, let's say, or two times a week, if that's what I would be doing, probably not. Mm. Cause that feels I, I think, happy for me. Yeah. One of the takeaways I'm getting from hearing you kind of explaining your answer is just like, it's not necessarily the thing that you're doing, but how does that contribute to the chemistry that you guys have? Um, right. which is, you know, a, a, a dot that I hadn't previously connected. And I think it's valuable. Cause like some, I think even myself, I fall into the trap of generalizing, like you never want to do this on a first date. You always want to do these types of things on a, on a, on a date. And it's like, does that contribute to showing her a slice of your life? And are you relying on it fully to be the thing that creates the chemistry or is it part of the experience? It's like the full package. You're absolutely right in that it gives a little sliver of you. So when my husband asked me to go to the farmer's market, on Sunday, I didn't realize that that was something he did every Sunday. That was that was part of his routine. It was something that he really enjoyed that he was inviting me to be a part of. So it wasn't like he's like, okay, what can really impress her? Oh, you know what she mentioned? She's really into X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go to the farmer's market. And sometimes that can happen where you're just trying to think of ideas. But as as you put it, you ha- it's like giving us a, a slice of who you are to this other person and saying, do you want this? This is what I like to eat. Do you want this? No, you're not really into it. Okay. Well, that's going to tell me whether or not we're compatible, but oh, you do want this. I like this. I like this slice as well. Great. We can share it. We can enjoy it together. Let's see what else we can enjoy together. So Mm. it goes back to the boundaries conversation that we were having and about really getting to know who you are and communicating that to women. Everything that you do is a, a, is communicating who you are right? If you allow your body to be free and to flirt, that's communicating. I'm an open person who's interested in you and attracted to you. If you are communicating to a woman that like, I'm not really into girls who don't respond back to me, that's communicating something about you. I, if you're, if you're, if you're taking a woman on a really fancy date because you can afford it and that's something you really love doing every single week, that's communicating something about you, right? You're being open about who you are and saying, do you want this? Do you not want this? If you don't want it, I'm going to go somewhere else. So the more that you can take the filters off of your communication and really just put out who you are, and it may be, I'm the guy who's unemployed right now, can't really afford very much, but I really enjoy going for walks on the beach. Do you want to join me? Like, same thing. It's That's communicating about who you are. And if that person's on board, then you can have a, a nice night together, a nice few weeks, a nice few months, a nice few years, a lifetime, whatever it is. Yeah. Makes sense. So, you know, to close out here, I have two questions that uh, have been asked to me, um, either YouTube comments or email. um, And I wanted to kind of bring you in and, you know, tag team these questions together. Um, So uh, the first question came from Jeremy uh, and he said, so let's say you're talking to a woman at a bar and her pupils are dilated and she starts asking questions like, where did you go to school and what kind of things do you like to do for fun? Um, is that a moment where you should 
Uh, is that her co- trying to connect with you? And if so, should you lead her to a different place or like lead her to a place where you guys can sit down and talk? Oh, totally. You should. hundred percent. I can't really hear you so well. This seems like more of a sit down conversation. Why do you come over here? Okay. Well, here's where I went to school. And then you can give your answers. I think that's, I mean, every, oper- every moment is an opportunity to go sit down and have a conversation. But it's, it sounds like she wants to get to know more about who you are before she invests. So if for some reason she says, ah, I don't want to go sit down, where'd you go to school? Like, oh, we don't need to sit down. Where did you go to school? Then you, do, then you can give your answer. You can also joke around with her. Um, maybe like tell her that you went to clown school or something like that. I don't even know. Just make something up. Just say, no, 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 I'm just joking. I went to UCLA and I did this, 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 and this. What did you do? Where'd you go to school? It's, it's how you collect information to get to know the people in front of you. It's her way of making an effort. And the thing is, is that maybe in her mind, she's thinking, okay, whatever he responds, I'm going to be okay with, but I need information to know about him. So if you, for example, said, I didn't go to school. And she's somebody who really values education and really values somebody that does go to school, then you might need to give her more information with the why of why you didn't go to school. I didn't go to, I didn't go to school. The truth is, is that um, I, I'm really intelligent. I test on mental level. I don't know. You give whatever background it is. That's the truth about it, where you're not embarrassed by it. You're proud of it. I didn't go to school because I, the things that I'm doing in life don't require me to go spend $100,000 in education. I knew at the time that I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a contractor. So I started working um, for a contractor when I was 14 years old. I've worked my way up the ladder and now I do X, Y, and Z. So you just got to give her context to your answer so that she mm-hmm. can understand where you're coming from. That makes sense. And um, one of the things I like that you did there was like, uh, especially if you guys are injecting that banter into the conversation, you gave a playful answer first, and then you gave a serious answer. Uh, and then the other thing I would kind of add to what you said is like, be careful to not qualify yourself. So if like, for example, I didn't go to school, the moment you, you start framing it in your own head is like, Oh, she's not going to like this. And before you even gauge her reaction, you're like, but I didn't go to school because X, Y, Z, I think that's where it kind of becomes dangerous too. Yeah. When you're defending yourself. There's nothing I hate more than this is something that I don't like for my father. It's something I don't like for my husband as well. When they go right into defense mode, I, I can't, I can't stand it. And I try my hardest not to do it because I, I want to be proud of everything that I say and do. And even when it's something that people won't like to hear. Right. So it, it exactly what you just said. It's not about defending. It's about elaborating, right. And giving context and just sharing a little bit about who you are. So you can say, I didn't go to school. Right. And she could look back and say, Oh, you didn't go to school. Yeah, no, I didn't want to go to school. When I was young, I did X, Y. And you, you, it, again, the body language is really important. The smile on your face, the enthusiasm in your voice, the way that your body's moving, that's going to express to her that you're, you're proud of the fact that you didn't go to school and that yeah. you're, you're not ashamed of um, the fact that, that she may see you differently because of it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, like you said, the delivery, it's like, I didn't go to school or, uh, well, I didn't go to school. Right. Exactly. Two different ways of expressing it. I mean, that's something for people to play with as well. It's just answering these tough questions when they're home by themselves. If there are things that 
you may view as a negative or that you may think other people view as a negative, you have to figure out how you're going to respond to these things and what your positive outtake or outlook is on these things. So for example, if you don't have a job right now um, and it's something you're either embarrassed of or you feel ashamed of or you feel that others are going to judge you by, you have to prepare yourself that people are going to say, hey, like, you know, what do you do for work? Right. And, and, and you create the answer that you want to deliver. Oh, you know what? I'm actually not working right now. COVID kicked my ass this year and I was doing X, Y, and Z and now I'm not, but it, it's been a great year because it's let me actually evaluate the things that I really enjoy and the things that I really love. Um, and so now, you know, it's, it, again, it's the way that you ex express these things rather than, oh, um, yeah, I'm not working. Yeah, I mean, I lost my job during COVID this year. They're, they're two different ways of expressing the same thing. So the more that you can prepare and practice at home and the more that you can also figure out how to reframe these things in your mind, the better off you're gonna be in the delivery when somebody asks you on the spot and the better you're gonna be with how you look about this or how you feel and think about this situation for yourself. If you're consistently telling yourself how crappy it is that you're unemployed and that COVID sucks, then that's how you're gonna feel. You're gonna, you're gonna reinforce that continuously and find many different ways around you to reinforce that belief system. But if you start telling the story of, you know, this COVID, like it's a tough year for every single person in the world. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm one of the millions of people who had a hard time, but I'm going to learn and grow from it. And I'm going to find other opportunities for myself. And that's the story that you start to believe. And then you start to seek that information out. And most likely you'll end up in a more positive place. Yeah, I really like that answer. Um, and speaking of, you know, the nonverbal communication, it leads us to, it's a perfect transition to the second question. Um, so this one came from Rigo Fernandez and it was a YouTube comment. And he says, and my biggest question is, should I be smiling and friendly all the time or serious and mysterious? I mean, you should have a balance of both, I would say, but really be who you are. I, I like smiling all the time. I'm also a girl, so it's a little bit different. Um, but I like lighting people up and I like the feeling of me smiling rather than me having a stoic face. Um, but it depends on what you want to communicate to other people. Are you communicating to other people the truth about yourself? Um, that you are like a guy who can smile? Or do you want to communicate that you're mysterious? Or do you want to communicate that you're somebody who's flexible and his mood changes all the time, which is probably the reality. So I would say be that person. Smile when you want to smile and then sit back be mysterious, take everything in, and then, you know, let people maybe work a little bit for that smile. Mm. It's almost like, um, you know, we talk about push pull, like verbally, but it's like a push pull non-verbally. Sometimes yeah. you're, exactly you're giving like the, yeah, yeah, like this, talking to someone. Oh, great. That's also like, that's too much for me. I, I, I've had guys talk to me like that before. Um, I'm not into that. I don't like <laughs> over the top enthusiasm, although I probably appear to be that kind of person sometimes. Um, but it's too, it's too much for me. It's like too overwhelming and it's, it's too positive sometimes. So I like a balance of like, okay, oh, you, you get a smile now. I'm going to smile at you because I'm a nice person and I'm friendly, but then I'm going to go back to being serious and having a conversation. And then, okay, you've earned that smile or I want to give this smile out. Yeah. I think it's a great way of looking at it. Like what you said, the push and pull. 
Mm. And it's like, it relates back to what you, the example you gave about your husband, like when he does laugh at something you did and it's genuine, it makes you feel good, but it wouldn't have the same effect if he always laughed at everything you did just for the sake of laughing. Right. It would probably annoy me. It's like, <laughs> anything that funny, I, I, but I'm a bitch. So like, I don't, you know, um, but yes, hundred percent. I like to earn that laugh. Mm. I think the, the, what I immediately thought when I read that question was, you know, sometimes you'll see the guy at the bar or like the party and he's too cool to show emotion. He's too cool to talk to anybody. And he stands there with the drink in front of his chest. And uh, I kind of think of him as like a wannabe James Bond. I think that's where you go the, the too extreme to where it actually works against you. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. And then I, because I've worked so much for my own comfort levels, so I would view that as somebody that's insecure. So it's not somebody that would be like, cool. I'd be like, oh, why is somebody out at a bar not enjoying themselves? Like, are they very they be uncomfortable? So yeah, I, I would read into that as they're just like, oh, they're not very confident or they're very insecure. So it's almost true that that song from the 80s, girls just want to have fun, huh? Oh, for sure. Don't you just want to have fun? Boys want to have fun too. A hundred percent, especially if it's, uh, you know, interacting with women, I think, you know, this is a good, good note to kind of, uh, end on, but like one of the things that I see is like the difference between the guys who actually make the leap and actually create success in their dating lives versus the guys who don't, or the guys who like, look at it as like a chore or they dread going out and talking to women and they feel like it's something they're, they're obligated to do, or they have to do. I think the moment you start having fun and enjoying it is the moment that girls start having fun around you, which is a upward spiral of like, Hey, this is fun. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy myself. And it becomes a positive experience where you can relate to someone. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Anytime so, I do a chore or a job, it's going to suck. It's going to feel horrible. It's going to feel horrible to be around them. But anytime somebody's really interested in the people that are around them, they're curious, they like when people pay attention to them. Yeah, that's going to feel much better to be around. Yeah, 100%. So obviously, it's probably pretty easy to find you on YouTube. But if someone wanted to check out maybe your program, the F formula or something like that, where should they go to check you out? Yeah, they go to, um, what did we, we change the link to something else. But they can go to theflirtmethod.com. And they can go uh, check out the flirt, the F formula, which um, I, it was really hard to give like a short answer for flirting that, with the question that you asked in the beginning, but it gives a very in-depth um, description, but like definition of flirting. And then also the three steps to flirting. And it's, it's like an 80 page book and it's like a two hour audio book. So it gives like complete instructions on how to flirt with women in a way that they're going to respond to you. It gives you all the three phases you have to go through. Um, and, and, you know, thousands of guys have bought the program and thousands of guys have loved the program and, and said it changed their lives. So yeah, definitely go check that out. That's awesome. And I'll put a link to that in the description yeah. below this video as well. And I also correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I have a bonus that I wrote about banter that's included in the F formula, correct? I think so. Yes, you do have it in there. I totally forgot about that. You do. The sniper? No, what is it called? The the fearless banter formula. Fearless banter formula. Yeah, it is in there. Totally. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. So definitely, guys, if you've been listening this far into this interview, you cannot check it out. You definitely know how to how to flirt. Like, so I've I've read your book a couple of times actually, and I've I've used some of your stuff to 
to help guys that I coach. Um, so you definitely have a way with words. You know, you know what you're talking about when it comes to bantering and flirting with women, like the lines to say. So definitely go check that out. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let us end on that high note because she just gave me a compliment and I feel so so flattered. And my video just cut out. Perfect. All right, guys. We'll see you guys. Peace out. Thank you so much, Barney. Thank you.